Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Professor Bats and Friends show. We're live for maybe just a minute. We'll see how long it'll last. Because I just blew up my other computer uh, right before the show was supposed to start at seven o'clock. So, uh, can everybody hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it okay. uh, quit there for a second, but well, yeah. You never know what's going to happen. That's why we do live shows. But anyway, uh, I'm not a technology guy at all. So you know, when when something just quits, we just throw it away and get something else. We can't fix it. We don't. We don't fix it. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm used to being in my, my little cubby hole back there in my office and, uh, Kara says, I can hear you now. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Um, but anyway, my internet has been really acting up and we got storms moving in, so we don't know what's going to happen. I've already blow up one computer and, and I really don't know what's going to happen. Carrie, maybe we can fix it by the time your show comes on. But here I am in the kitchen sitting in front of my coffee maker uh, collection. Um, this is where Connie was going to do the, uh, the, the show with Kara here in just a little bit. And, uh, and so anyway, we will, uh, we will just do with what we got. Mason Berry from Blue Line Overland. Love Mason. you too, buddy. Mason, good to see you. Thank you for joining us. We're a little late. Because I was having to completely redo everything and get everything uh, set up uh, on a whole different computer when I had everything set up and running. And Jared Cook, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you being here from Oscar Mike Overland. Oh, I tell you what, I don't know about you, Tony, but I'm completely wore out. I mean, the last 10 minutes has wore me out, but you've been working on a Jeep all day. Which, If you're a Jeep owner, you should be used to that. So yeah, uh, I don't really yeah, work on them all the time. More tired. If you're yeah. any more tired than what you normally are. Oh, uh, it's normal. Is it normal? Okay. It's normal well, get, getting ready for more expo. Your wife ordered a whole bunch of new parts and attached you with putting them on because you're a fabricator. And, <laughs> you know, that's what fabricators do. That's right. That's so right. Anyway, anyway, we're glad that y'all are here. Thank you for everybody that's joining us. Right. We're uh, very sorry that we we're late. I had to completely restart the whole thing, um, and StreamYard did not want to cooperate. My computer did not want to cooperate. It was like the the all the cards were stacked against us, 
but by gosh, we improvise, overcome, and adapt, just like that's right. Uh, just like my old buddy from from Heartbreak Ridge said, Clint Eastwood. He's the man. He's the man. Well, let me tell you, we we were supposed to do a show last week from West Virginia. It was scheduled. We were going to do it. We had everything ready to go, but. I got a severe sinus infection and I lost my voice and, and I had no, no voice to talk with. So there was no possible way that we were doing that. No possible way. Tony was like, yeah. uh-uh, we're out. We're out. Yeah. So There's no point. We didn't do it, but, uh, we have got, uh, Oh, that don't look good. There we go. There okay. Uh, van city adventure. Hey, thanks for joining us. Appreciate y'all being on here. Mason said, uh, Arkansas internets. Am I right? That's right. You got to make sure and put your quarters in there. They will stop, uh, at any time. But let me tell you what we've got to do. We have been running a giveaway with Overland spices for the last three weeks. It was only supposed to be two weeks, but like I said, last week I lost my voice. So, um, couldn't do it last week. So we're going to randomly draw a name on the internet, just like Mason does. So Mason taught me this. He's a pro and he's got this fancy generator thing that he goes on there. And I'm going to try to do this something new with a wheel. I've discovered this wheel generator and check this out. We're going to add my stream, go to the wheel and here we are. So I have put in here all the of the people who are into our drawing. Don't oh, no. That. Yeah. <laughs> We're losing you, Joey. See it? Oh, yeah, we see God. it now. We see it now. <laughs> we can't hear you, bro. No. I'm laughing at Kara's comment oh. there. Are we back? Are we back? Am I back? Yeah, yeah no, am I back? Am I we're back now? Yeah. All right. Well, this is what happened. This is what happened. Off-road Kingsman was the winner. Off-road Kingsman. I did this. I did the wheel. And okay. then came up, and I I got proof. Off road Kingsman, he is the winner of the Overland Spices. So congratulations, congratulations! Very glitchy underwater sound. You're going to have to calm down, Carol. <laughs> You're going to have to calm down. Okay. Oh boy! Here we go. Arla says audio. <laughs> I know, I know. You're just going to have to deal with it. Okay. okay. And we have with us tonight. What's that? We uh, Chad, I was just going to tell you, Arla is my wife. So she's, yeah. Anyway, yes. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Arla, Arla is his better half that likes Jeep parts. And, um, and so anyway, we had with us tonight, Chad from Oklahoma Overland. Chad, thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate you being here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Thanks well, for um, yeah. uh, for those of us who, who don't know you, who may have never met you, and, you know, uh, it is 2022, and for the past two years, 
what we have done is is being is meeting people virtually. So we've never met in person. So we're going to meet virtually tonight, just like everybody that's watching the show. Uh, so would you please just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and how Overlanding has become a part of your life. Sure thing. Um, I'm Chad Ellis. I'm from Oklahoma City, and I've been doing this overlanding type of stuff since about 2015, I would say. Um, back then, I discovered this thing that some adventure writers put up called the Oklahoma Adventure Trail. Mm. And um, <laughs> set out to do a bragger. lot of that and eventually completed it. What's that? Kara's a bragger. You just have to overlook Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've spent yeah. good time with Kara and Nathan through the years. But um, so it kind of started then. It's kind of something I was kind of doing anyway is going all around and camping. I mean, we've all been car camping for years, but mm -hmm. um, spent many, many, many spring breaks on pins through the years before I even knew this thing called overlanding existed. But um, I had an Xterra back then and spent a lot of time camping in it and had a lot of fun. And then somewhere along the way started a, Facebook page called Oklahoma Overland and a group and Instagram and all the different socials that go along with that. Mm -hmm. And um, that group's really grown into something pretty big and really happy for everybody who's there. Yeah. And, sure. and that's kind of the story about a land cruiser, lost a land cruiser in a water crossing. There's a YouTube video where I talk about that. I don't want to tell that story every day. It's kind of rough. But <laughs> um, <laughs> replace that with uh this lx470 about two years ago and it's been a really great vehicle and it's coming along very cool very yeah. cool so so when you when you um when you had the vision to start the oklahoma overland pages in facebook what was uh what was like going through your mind behind that what what did, what did you see well, that? where did you see that going i was a part of a off-road club here in oklahoma and on Torque, Oklahoma Nissan Toyota Off-Road Club. And I really saw the Oklahoma Overland as just something that could be a little more inclusive than that. They're great folks and they're inclusive of everybody, but I really wanted to have something that was more focused on the camping side of things and just getting out and exploring side of things than an off-road club was. Mm -hmm. And about that time, um, was about the same time I started doing the Oklahoma Adventure Trail. And I really said... I had done a little bit of it. I had led a big group from Montauk on the southwest section of that Oklahoma Adventure Trail and had a good day, good couple days on the trail down there. A huge group, but it, it turned out all right in the end. And then my son and I were getting ready to go do the Oklahoma Adventure Trail. And we had set like a week aside in the summer. And we said, we're going we're gonna to go do as much of this as possible all at once. And about then is when I launched that Facebook page, just kind of to document that as I did it. And then along the way, decided there needed to be a group as well. And it just started building up. <laughs> there must be a joke there. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, a story. that's up in the in Northeast Oklahoma, not Southwest. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kara, Kara, Made the mention is this near the women's training facility? So the, I'm, I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a inside joke there. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. 
uh, I have no idea what she's talking about, and I'm sure you do. So. <laughs> if you if you watch her um, goat trail video, yeah, when I did the goat with them on Ozark Overland Adventures, there's there's some information about that women's training facility. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you know, we've had some people on the um, the show, several people on the show. different places we've had fries on the side from wisconsin we've had people from west virginia um we've had uh people from non-traditional overlanding states and so uh i consider um oklahoma a pass-through state like a lot of people you know you pass through there to get to colorado to get to new mexico to get to pretty much everywhere because i-40 runs right through the middle of it um so what when it comes to Oklahoma, is it what 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 is there there that would entreat somebody to overland there? It all depends on what you're after. Um, a lot of what drove me is nature. Um, birds are one of my big things. If you have heard about me or heard me talk, you've probably heard me mention birds. I'm, I'm into birds, and that's just kind of my weird thing. But um, I found myself going to every corner of the state multiple times a year to see different things when they were there. And Oklahoma has being centrally located in the United States has a massive number of bioregions, seven big ones. And if you break it down smaller than that, a, a whole bunch of others, but you can go everything from Southeast Oklahoma down South of Broken Bow at Red Slough where you can see Gulf Coast ecosystem with alligators and white ibis in the summertime to going up by Black Mesa and hiking up on top and maybe seeing a mountain chickadee from the Rocky Mountains, seeing a bighorn sheep up there. So, I mean, there's it, it's where everything comes together in this country, as far as I'm concerned, nature-wise. Hmm. That's an interesting take. But that's... That is very interesting. You know, if you drive through, uh, if you see the southeast corner, you know, the Washita's are down there. Um, if you are up in the northwest corner, you were talking about a national grassland being up there. Um, mm -hmm. The western part is pretty much big sky country. Uh, and, you know, it has the rolling hills. And I, I can see that there would be a lot that, you know, not normal, uh, you know, where, where people are going to take their dream trip. Um, but if you're, if you're wanting to find someplace different, that's maybe close to home, if you're in the central United States, like we are, you know, a lot of people don't even think about the Ozarks in Arkansas, you know, Southern Missouri destination, unless you're from here. And so it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you have to, um, figure out and do some research. Hey, you know, there's something in different places for everyone. And so that's why I raised my question was, you know, I'm, I'm right next door to Oklahoma and Arkansas and Tony's right on the border. So um, if we were to take a day trip, you know, you're, you're coming up with this circumnavigation route. Um, and we're going to talk about that a little later uh, about, about what you have discovered on that route. But, you know, the, the, the places to go, the things to see, uh, the places to camp, that's all interesting to a lot of us because it's close. 
and uh, that's why I was asking that question. Now, you have done some travel outside of Oklahoma, um, and I want to uh, talk about that. Um, tell us some of the places that you've been, some of the favorite spots that you've been on your overlanding trips. Oh, man. We've done Colorado um, a couple different times, three or four times. Southeast Colorado, of course, is Mecca for everybody. Um, but we've made loops through yeah. uh, southern Utah, northern Arizona, southeast Arizona. I've gone two or three times. That's a, another special place biologically. Um, mm. We just got back from a week in New Mexico. I'm very much in love with that state right now. I'm in love with New Mexico and the southern deserts of Arizona and the mountains that go along with them and just the unique ability that exists of going up or down in altitude to find the right temperature to spend the night. Yeah. Which is exactly something a lot of people don't think about. You know, that's that's true. And you know, uh Oklahoma has similar climate to what Arkansas does here in June and July, you're normally looking for somewhere else to go. <laughs> um, because you just you just can't get comfortable. The humidity is just awful, um, and so you have to have some elevation. And that's why I have fell in love with New Mexico because it. You know, I live in Central Arkansas where you can just jump right on I forty and head west. And uh, once you get through Oklahoma and and go north a little bit, you can hit some mountains pretty quick. So yeah. uh, I'm like you. I have fell in love over the past few years with New Mexico, and I love that state first of all they have some of the best food of anywhere i've ever been a uh, huge fan of the green chilies and uh love it and uh so, sorry tony you, I mean, I, you find man. you find some of the best food in the random most random places <laughs> I, I had i ate so good last week it was ridiculous <laughs> I, inter I introduced tony to great pizza in West Virginia. It's the only place I've ever been in my life. And I've been to a lot of places yeah. that put that slices purple grapes real thin and puts them on pizza and mm. it's to die for. It's amazing. So, so uh, but that's pretty much what about 80% of what we talked about last week was food. So uh, that's uh, <laughs> anywhere, anytime we go anywhere, I'm always talking about food. So New Mexico <laughs> is, is like the food Mecca for me. I love New Mexico. And, uh, that's where I was introduced to chicharrones, which is the most heavenly food ever. Cause if you take bacon and deep fry it, I mean, how, how can there be anything? Better than that? <laughs> how so, do we not have that here? I don't know. I don't know. Don't have that there? We, we don't have chicharrones no, uh, like that. Uh, we've got pork skins, but we don't <laughs> have the deep fried, warm, chewy crust chicharron. Oh, you my can get goodness. that here. Well, if we keep talking about it, I'm going to be <laughs> leaving tonight to go to Albuquerque and be there by <laughs> in the morning. So we're going I'm to. Oh, you. my goodness. Um, well, we need to take a little bit of a break. <laughs> and and uh, especially since we're talking about food, uh, we always talk about one of our sponsors. We're we love our sponsors. And we want to do our sponsor spotlight real quick. So it's now time for the sponsor spotlight, talking about all the products, services, events, and businesses that we use and love. Here we go. So this week, our sponsor spotlight is 
mountain hatch. Now, this is not something that uh, I personally have, but I have actually helped install one last week. Um, I don't have a tailgate, so that kind of throws me out. But Tony has a brand new mountain hatch, and he talks about it all the time. And it's also part of the word hatch green chilies. So I love that part about it. <laughs> You're always relating something to food. Hey, I can't help <laughs> I can't help. Well, Mountain Hatch, family owned, started in 2017, inspired by a four-year daughter, daughter spilling hot cocoa on a camping trip. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, they moved from Southern California to Wasahachie, Texas in March of 2021, home of the original food-grade tailgate table. So, Tony, tell us how in the world does this improve your setup? Well, so for us, uh, the, the tailgate on the Gladiator is, you know, where we gather, where we cook. And it was really kind of difficult because the Gladiator, uh, the tailgate, as is in the case with most pickup trucks, it's not, it's an irregular shape. It's not flat. And this, when you put this down, um, it's super easy. There's like eight screws you put in and it just makes a nice flat surface. It's got some little cutouts uh, on the right side to hold a couple of drinks. And that rectangle spot on the left side is a place for you to leave your phone where it won't, it won't slide off. That's awesome. So, so well, yeah. We, um, this is a little shot of the before and after. So if you have a regular tailgate, you know, um, if you have a stove, you're putting metal on metal. It slides around. It's horrible. Uh, yeah. You, you uh, just take that out. It's about eight screws and you put that in and it's food grade FDA approved food grade plastic with UV inhibitors. And that is yeah. a bunch of complicated big words that says it's awesome. Yeah. That's uh, pretty much what it is. So um, the, the UV stuff is really important too, because that tells me that it's going to, it's not going to be sunbaked and, and, you know, it's going to last a while. You know, and that's the thing that a lot of people don't think about, too. You know, I just put a cutting board on my swing-out bumper, and um, <clears throat> it w I couldn't put a wood uh, wood cutting board out there because it's going to be in the elements. And so they have to make these things extremely durable to withstand the elements. So uh, Mountain Hatch makes a super cool product. Uh, we took one. Uh, we bought it uh, Artemis for Porker that we took out to West Virginia, got out there and installed it on his uh, original pork taco. It took us about two minutes and uh, he was super happy with it. So uh, yeah. I would, I would definitely recommend you checking out Mount Hatch. If you're going to be at the Moore Expo, they will be there and um, you can drop by their booth and check them out. Oh my goodness. Deep fried bacon and pancake batter, West Tennessee. <laughs> Gotta go. See, we gotta I go. saw that. I was telling Porker that I saw that. Somebody, I saw a picture. Somebody took their bacon, put it in pancake batter, and deep fried it. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, well, Kara actually has a question for our guest. Uh, you know, we're getting away <laughs> and talking about food. Uh, what is the next bird you're wanting to chase? Whatever the next thing that's never shown up in Oklahoma before that shows up here is. It's completely unknown. Huh. Well, um, speaking of birds, and this is odd, this is odd. Uh, we had to take my vehicle back to Mud Connection yesterday afternoon. We came down in the flats between Little Rock and Conway, 
<clears throat> just over to the right in a flooded field next to a flooded field was four bald eagles. Nice. Two males, two females. They were sitting in a little group and I guess they had killed something. And, um, but that, it wasn't 50 yards off the interstate and they were just sitting there. Very cool. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the, of the bald eagle. And if you live in the United States, you should be too. Um, let's see. Travis says, I love mine for the Tacoma. Still need to get one for the gladiator. And Kira says, we love ours. Mountain hatch. A lot of good props for mountain hatch there. Uh, love it. And we thank you for sponsoring the show. Now, um, Chad, we've touched on your rig a little bit and how your rigs have changed. You, it's, it's interesting to me that you started out with an Xterra, but moved to a Toyota mainly because they're so much better, but, um, uh, how, how are you, how are you liking your Lexus now and your setup and what have you done to make it overlanding ready? Um, the, the LX 470 is growing on me. I had the, 100 series Land Cruiser before it, which is basically the same vehicle, but um, the Lexus has a lot more bells and whistles, and sometimes those electrical things tend to give me a little more headaches than the Land Cruiser did. Mm. Um, I can tell you that it's had a automatic height control suspension on it when I got it, which was a hydraulic suspension system, and that thing was so cool because you could raise it up high, or you could lower it down, or you'd leave it in normal or when you got went up to speed at the highway, it would lower the vehicle automatically and it rode so nice. And then halfway down the Molkai Dugway, if you've ever been there, which is just North of the um, Valley of the Gods in Arizona on the Arizona, Utah border. Mm. I had a sensor go out on that automatic height control and it dropped me to my bump stops. Ooh. there. Duh. And so I was on my bump stops to, let's see, for three days till I got to Flagstaff. And then I spent two nights in a hotel in Flagstaff waiting on parts from Rock Auto to get in because the Toyota dealership couldn't have got them any faster. Swapped out a sensor and was good to go. But as soon as I got home, I ordered a Dobinson suspension and got rid of that stuff and have just a normal Land Cruiser suspension on it now. So um, that that system's a really nice suspension when it works, but if it leaves you (laughs) on your bump stops in the middle of nowhere, it's no fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've added an ARB front bumper to it. Just recently added a worn 12,000-pound winch to that. Um, have a front runner roof rack on it. I had one of those on my hundred series as well. It's the same with the ARB awning that's on mine. Um, those were things that were on my old one. I had a FSR tent, very similar to the one that's on the one in my background on my old one as well. And then I added this one when I got this vehicle, um, that's been replaced in the past month with the roof nest falcon overland and i'm just really really happy to have roof rack space for the first time ever and mm. i'm really liking the fact that it has t-channel to on the sides of it to mount things i've got a full-size shovel not in my vehicle but on my vehicle mm. my 
Max tracks are finally out of my vehicle and mounted to the side of the tent now. And um, moving two boxes up to my roof rack on the trip freed up a lot of space in the truck. And it's just, it's really nice to be able to use that rack for something other than the tent. Yeah. So your, your previous tent went uh, lengthwise of the vehicle and this one actually folds out. Yeah, this one's the style that was kind of started by iCamper, but it has an all-aluminum okay. shell. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw some pictures of it. In fact, I had it uploaded on my mm -hmm. other computer that crashed um, that we could show everybody. But um, so <laughs> this is this is like yours is like the iCamper. Is it the mini, the small one? Um, so it's it's also a size that iCamper doesn't make. Okay. So it's kind of between like a full the mini size, and the big one. Full size so, bed? Yeah, it's like a full size bed. It's 55 okay. inches wide inside and then like 90 long when it's laid out. So it's, yeah. Um, I have a XPED Mega Map, the, the oh. long wide that fits in it perfect. Oh, yeah. In fact, there's extra room at the bottom that the Mega Map doesn't cover. It's how big the inside of this tent is. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the XPED Mega Map. Uh, yeah. love it. It totally changed my rooftop tent life uh, when I got one. So I'm a, I'm a side sleeper and I, I don't know if there is a rooftop tent maker that actually makes a good uh, <laughs> uh, mattress. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I woke up, I spent 10 days in Colorado, woke up and it take me 10 minutes to be able to walk in the morning. I mean, oh, it was man. horrible. Uh, and yeah, that was in an eye camper with an eye camper mattress. And it was just absolutely. And so first thing I did when I got back was bought an X-Bet Mega Map. And totally changed my life. Changed my life. So, uh, Tony's got one too. Roofness has a new mattress for this thing that I want to get that's called their Feather Bed. And it's like a five-inch thick Mega Map type mattress. But it has inlets and outlets in all four corners. So when you fold the tent up, it squeezes the air out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Genius. Kind of, oh. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to maybe get one of those. Genius. <laughs> Why hasn't somebody thought of that before? Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great idea. Yeah, that don't make no sense. Well, well, I, I love how you've how you've got your uh your setup. I love how you keep everything simple. Um when you camp, uh you've just got a table with your Coleman stove and and everything just being so simple. Um, you know, you don't make it like a humongous setup every time you stop. Uh, so I respect that. I like that. Um, so, uh, what, what goes into setting up camp for you? Because I'm more of a camp person than I am like a rock crawler, like a uh, Matt Carrar. So yeah, I, I'm I, I'm, I dig people's camp setup. <laughs> I'm definitely more the camp setup guy like you are than the rock crawler. I mean, and I'm allergic to water crossings after my story. And like I said, you'll have to go find that on YouTube if you want to hear that. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I love but, it. But um yeah, yeah I mean over. if yeah. it's just an yeah. overnight now popping the tent, um maybe setting up a folding table and making some hot drink before bed or something like that. Um have a camp chef um stove that I just love, the Everest, the old Everest. And Mm -hmm. I've I've dealt with a lot of camp stoves through the years, and I'm just really impressed with that one. I think that's that's my stove, but um, usually that's it. If we're going to be at a campsite for more than one night, 
Um, if we're there for three or four nights, then, <laughs> um, or even two nights and there's something terrible, we'll go ahead and set up the awning. And I do have an awning room that I do set up okay, occasionally, especially if weather conditions are just awful and we're looking for more interior socialization space. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I only set that up once on this New Mexico trip and that was a night when the wind was just unbelievable. Um, we were in this place called San Lorenzo Canyon that's in a wildlife refuge there that has uh, areas designated for dispersed camping and it's just amazing scenery. But that canyon's aligned north and south. And when the wind's coming, it was it was pretty seriously windy that night. Yeah, so we were man, glad man. to have a place to set up inside to eat. And yeah. I think maybe the only time I've set all that up when we had were there for just one night. One night up in Colorado, um, we were up just over Wolf Creek Pass on the east side of Wolf Creek Pass, and the mosquitoes there mm. were just trying to carry us away. And it was really nice to be able to set that awning room up with screens real quick and escape from that. Yeah, you know, that's I, it, it's really what it's about with the camping is just making it as comfortable as possible while still making it quick to put away and get out. I agree. I agree. Um, We, uh, we like to base camp. We've got a trailer. Uh, Tony now has a trailer Um, and we did some base camping last week, um, you know, where we can set up and go out and come back and go out and come back. But um, if we're setting up and taking down every day, simple is better. Yeah. And uh, and I'm sure with uh, with your uh, new roof nest, easy to it's set up, easy to take down. Uh, the less you get out, the less you have to put up. And um, and you know I try to be I try to be others minded. You know when I'm camping with other people, and I don't want to be that guy who's uh, everybody's set up and lined up ready to go, and I still haven't got my roof top tent set up or folded mm-hmm. up. You know. I wasn't going to name names. Gonna name names. <laughs> yeah, I don't like being the last guy that everybody's waiting on to go either. That, that well, you know, when, when we were in, uh, we went to uh, Big Bend, Texas for Christmas, right after Christmas, for New Year's, actually. And um, you know, we took our trailer, and we only had to set everything up once. Well, Tony and Arlo took both their Jeeps, and they had to set up every day, take down every day. And, and I know I, Tony felt bad because... You know, we would get up and we would cook breakfast and we would just be milling around and they'd have to take all their stuff down. We'd go help them. Well, as soon as we got back, Tony started building a trailer uh, because he was like, well, I don't want to, have to do that. I don't want to have to sit up and take down all the time. people waiting on me. Well, and, and, I, and I understand that, but I also understood the situation that you were in and I didn't care. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with Chad. You know, if, if, uh, if you're down there, and you're going from place to place to place to place like we're going to be doing in june going to wyoming and and colorado kansas um as simpler is better and the less you get out the less you have to put up and uh it's going to be a test i think it's going to be a test hopefully by then i've got a different tent that'll fold up a little faster yeah hopefully by then yeah yeah Kara says there's trade-offs for both both honestly it's nice being completely portable 
but it's also nice to have something to mark as a base camp. Uh, and Kara has yeah. the ultimate base camp now. Yeah, um, I introduced sure them to the Conqueror trailer, and uh, they are loving it. And I'm, I'm so happy for them. And that is my wife's dream house. And hopefully we'll have one as well one of these days. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, um, tell, tell me um, if I am somebody who is new to overlanding, new to travel vehicle-based camping, um, in all of your travels, give me one or two places that I need to put on my bucket list that you have traveled. Give me a, give me a couple things. So many, so hard. Well, you can give me several. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I don't want to take I mean, all your secret spots, just keep them general. <laughs> but, uh, you know, people out there always have a list. I've got to go here. Got to go there. Got to go there. So I mean, we always ask the people that we have on the show. Everybody has to go to Southeast Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, you talking uh, Ouray, Silverton, uh, that area? Yeah, 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 the, yeah. the same one. That's the mecca. That, that area, that's the mecca. Yeah. That's without a doubt amazing. Um, everybody should probably go to Moab, but I haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there on side-by-sides. I've never had my FJ there, but uh, I've been there on side-by-sides, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, um, love it. You know, everybody should do Padre Island National Seashore. Everybody needs to experience it, whether they have a good experience or bad. You need to go down there and do that 40 miles of four-wheel drive, and you need to make it all the way to the end so you can say you have, even if you get your friend in the two-wheel drive RAV4 all the way to the end. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that's me poking fun at somebody there. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> what, uh, what would be a dream trip for you? If you could leave today and go anywhere, uh, driving, not flying in the world, driving, where would you drive that Alexis to right now? Um, if I could do anything right now, I would be headed South on the Pan American highway. And mm. when I get to Argentina, I would ship to Africa. And you'd see me in about five years. I love it. Absolutely love it. You're the first person who has said go south. Everybody yeah. else has said northwest, Alaska, <laughs> uh, Canada somewhere, you know, because yeah. southerners hate the heat. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so you're the first person who said go south. And I love that because when it's summer here, it's cool down there. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that would be. That would be awesome. That would I, be awesome. I've not taken my vehicle out of the country yet, but a, Me a Central Mexico trips on my short to-do list and things of the world that I need to go do. And um, mm. in, in flying places, I've rented vehicles and driven in countries south of the border. And I just, I really am there. And That's it's, cool. It's amazing. Love it. Absolutely yeah, love it. I'm with Richard, Richard Hargett, Silverton, Silverton in June and Moab. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Canada, Alaska up through there. Yeah. Anyway. Well, um, one of the, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, um, was how you have developed the Oklahoma circumnavigation route. And, um, and that's that's one of the main reasons I wanted to visit with you because you know I had heard 
a, a lot about the Oklahoma Adventure Trail and knew that was something that was already in existence. Um, but but you have posted maps and coordinates and routes and um, and different things, and you are actually going through the process of driving it yourself. So I guess just to make sure that that it all works out. But uh, Kara asked, did you pre-plan the route? Did you come across any obstacles or path <laughs> flows? How did you adjust? So we're going to just dive right into it. She asked all the questions I was going to. Yeah. And so let me give credit where credit's due to begin with. Um, this this is absolutely inspired by Lod Maroney's Texas Backroads and Borders trip where they drove the perimeter of Texas. I mean, that was that makes what I'm doing just pale. It's just a huge thing that they did. And I saw, saw that several years ago, and I'm like, man, that, that's just amazing. And at the point I saw that, I started playing with different mapping softwares and started trying to plan some sort of route. And, you know, I'd find myself in different parts of the state near the border, and I'd run a little bit of it here or there, just checking it out to see what was there. But really in the past year, um, I've set out to really start seriously mapping. And I've started publishing things after I map them to a public Gaia file that anybody can go find and mm -hmm. see what I've done and see what's there. But I just... I refuse to publish something that I've mapped that I haven't verified. And it's just, there's so many different things. That's a, that Southeast corner of the state. So many roads that look like on Gaia and on Google maps are real. And you come to them and they're gated and they're private property. When you get private mm -hmm. property layers up and no yeah. place you should be. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's all taken me down quite the mapping journey. I'm pretty proficient with Gaia. I always have been. I'm a pretty techie person. And so along the way, I've signed up with OpenStreetMaps as a map editor. So when I come across a road that doesn't exist, I go into the OpenStreetMaps base map and I actually move it. So it goes away on everybody's navigation maps. And if there's roads that we find that are obviously public roads that like up along the northern border, we came across some that were great county roads and didn't exist on maps. And so I've been able to go back and edit that and fix that. And um, there's just been a just innumerable obstacles when you actually get out in the real world verifying versus what it appears, no yeah. matter how deeply you get into it, even if you get into the open street maps layers at the source level. And even if you have private property layers and everything up, um, you find that there's stuff that just isn't there in the real world. Yeah. I don't think flying will verify it, Kara. <laughs> It'd be nice. It'd be nice if that worked. So uh, to her second part of the question, have you come across any obstacles or paths? Have you had to adjust your route at all? Absolutely. Tons and tons of adjustments. Um, wow versus what I thought I was going to find when I was there. And Mark Dorian's done a really great job documenting the parts where he's ran the pre-planning routes with me. And he's got a, he's got a YouTube city series about four videos long so far where him and another guy, Mike have been out there with me doing this. And um, it's really nice of him to document it. I found that of the things I enjoy doing in life, editing video is not one of them at this point that may eventually change, but, 
so far I, I enjoyed being out there and doing it and living in the moment a lot more than I do trying to document what I'm doing. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, there's, there, that's a hard marriage um, for people that want to do both. Um, you it know, is. I've talked, I've talked to Matt uh, McClellan about this and, you know, and, and different people who uh, their, their main, you know, thing is putting, uh, stuff on YouTube to entertain, you know, people like us that actually watch it. And, uh, you know, one of my first questions to them is, does that take you away from your love, uh, for overlanding and make it more like work? Um, you know, a lot of people enjoy that and, you know, a lot of people don't. So that's, I'm, I appreciate you being honest in that. Yeah. Um, in that, in that, you know that may change. I may find that balance someday, but it's not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I understand that, you know, it's, um, it's a necessary evil for some people and, you know, for somebody like me, uh, I, I do it because it is something that I can go back and watch and it's, it's my memories. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, uh, we don't have the, the picture album sitting on granny's, uh, coffee table anymore. And, you know, that's, uh, we have YouTube, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, that's what we go back. That's what we hand down to our children. That's my life um, yeah. that we can go back and, and look at. So that's, it's kind of a necessary evil for me because that's how uh, I remember because my memory is horrible and I can go back and watch and, and, you know, uh, see the memories of some of the things we've done. But um, you know, it's uh, like Travis said, I love watching the videos, but we'll definitely stick to the photography. You know, you, you do what you love. You do yeah. what you love. Uh, Richard says video editing is so time consuming. I agree, you know, for, for some people, um, you know, and if you're, if you become huge, like X overland where you've got a full-time video guy, it won't be that big of a deal. Uh, yeah. but if you're having to do it all yourself, you know, Tony's probably got 8 million gigs of video sitting, waiting to be edited right now. Yeah. And it's just, it's. It, and it gets to a point where it's so overwhelming. You don't even know where to start. Yeah. Um, and seems like daily, you know, I do all my videos on my phone. So it seems like daily I'm having to delete stuff to make room for more stuff. And then I delete something and I haven't done anything with it yet. And then I'm like, mm. ah, it's gone. Where'd it go? And get that it's cloud just, storage figured out. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'll tell you what I've had two hard drives uh, die on me. And, mm -hmm. um, and so I just went straight to the Google drive. I don't have to mess with it no more, uh, upload it and be done with it. Yeah. So, um, uh, I'm, I'm learning as I go along, but uh, I'm like you, I don't enjoy that. That's not fun. Yeah. I yeah. want to get out there and experience the moment, uh, drive down the roads, see nature, cook a meal and get away. You know, that's why I started doing this was to get away from everything. Uh, I work with people every day. You you do as well, Chad. Tony doesn't work with anybody. But, uh, <laughs> uh, we work with people. We work with kids. And I go and I get away. And I just want to sit there and play the quiet game, you know, and, and listen to nature. And that's what I love to do. And coming back and having to spend hours upon hours upon hours editing video is not fun to me. That's not something that I enjoy. And so I uh, don't put a lot of time and effort into it. And it shows. Um, <laughs> but anyway, 
We got uh, on my videos for sure that I don't in, that I'm not into the editing. You get pretty raw stuff that I post. <laughs> uh, yeah, M- Moot says wish he had edited some of that. I'd like to see more of his videos. Yeah, and uh, Kara wants to know where's Ranger. Ranger is out in the backyard. That's where. Ranger okay. Is. Okay. That's awesome. I guess that's your travel buddy. Uh, do you do you travel yeah, with a dog? I, I have no doubt that if you saw a ranger, you'd instantly recognize him from Rendezvous. He's a 150-pound Anatolian shepherd dog that draws a crowd everywhere he goes. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I... You've probably I've, met my dog. I, I'm sure I have met <laughs> your dog. I'm sure I've met I your dog. I bet we did. I bet we did. <laughs> I bet we did. Guarantee you. Well, on this uh, circumnavigation route, um, how do you feel it will benefit the overlanding community when you're done? Wow. Um, it certainly, hopefully, will bring a little more awareness to Oklahoma and what all's here. Um, by tracing the border of the state, it puts you through all the different ecoregions of the state, um, whether you're spending time driving through tall grass prairie and on Osage County and in the northern portion of the central part of the state or a little bit eastern part of the state and then into short grass prairie and then into the mesa lands further west and then panhandle and um, takes you right down there by Red Slough into the Texas Gulf Coast ecosystem and in the southwest you're in the Mesquite and more of a central Texas, south Texas type, not Gulf region, but central texas type stuff it's just it it gets you in all parts of the state and then of course green country and the edge of the ozarks and the washita's in this Mm -hmm. little bit further north in the eastern section it's just it's all there yeah well well, we talked about it a little bit before we went live because we had so much time because we had to (laughs) wait um but we, we talked about you know, there, there already was the Oklahoma Adventure Trail, and you had found some issues with that. And that was one of the reasons why you wanted to do this. So tell us yeah. a little bit about uh, that issue and, and the difference between the two. Well, the, the Oklahoma Adventure Trail is a very great route. It was put together by some adventure riders, and I got no complaints about what they made. They made something awesome, and many, many people have done it. And I think... In the southeast corner, there's some options, and one of those options involved part of the Kayamichi Trail, and there's some issues in that part of the world with access these days. And people can go back and forth on that, what they believe. But I, I, I for one, am going to be all about respect to the people who own the land adjacent to that road. And mm-hmm. if, if they don't want me there, I'm not going to go there. And so that's part of that that's really the only issue there but other things with the oklahoma adventure trail is that it's there's a million versions of it because as time's gone by um maybe the original files haven't been updated as often as they need to be and there are bridges that are gone and there's lots of things and there's a lot of different routes and there's some pretty good ones out there um on the oklahoma overland facebook page in the files section you'll find i think some fairly fairly recent tracks of people that have ran that um but it does a big loop around the main body of the state of Oklahoma. And I think if you're not doing the whole state justice, if you don't go out there in the panhandle and see what that's all about. Yeah. And so that, that, that was something that circumnavigation route certainly adds to 
what the Oklahoma Adventure Trail was. The Oklahoma Adventure Trail really made a focus of trying to be more challenging roads often. And my stated purpose has been to stay as close to that border as possible. And so there's times that we run sections of highway, but you're really grateful for that after you've made turns every mile for 50 miles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> um, it, it, it's a, it's a trade-off everywhere. Um, there were some sections down around Lake Texoma that to stay as close as possible, you're running through some pretty nice neighborhoods and you got to think, do I really want to include that in the route or do I want to bypass yeah. that a little bit? Yeah. And so we, we ran along the edge of Lake Texoma through some really nice neighborhoods, but I don't think those people would appreciate 50 vehicles doing that. Yeah. So on the official mm -hmm. route, I passed just north of there. So there's definitely places to explore that are maybe a little closer to the border in some places, but sometimes out of just respect for the neighborhood, I've decided and trying to envision what it might look like if people after me are doing this. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I've made some decisions to edit the route that way. Um, How so long have you been working on this? Well, I've been working on this on paper forever, uh, ever since I saw what Lab Maroney did. But um, as far as seriously getting out and working on it, it's kind of been a 2021 project until now. Yeah. Okay. Um, how? How? Uh, give me a ballpark percentage. How much have you actually? Uh, can I share my screen? You can. Yeah. So. So. Here we go. See if this works. Is that working? Oh, uh, wait. It's asking for permission. <laughs> if it'll pop up, I'll definitely. Yeah, it. it's asking me for permission here. I'm trying to figure okay. it out. Okay. Uh, well, we you, you could you could blow it up like I did. Uh, so. <laughs> um. No later. So I don't think that's going to work for me because it's telling me I have to quit Chrome and restart Chrome to do that. So oh, well, maybe okay. not. It may be working. Is it working? Uh, no. I haven't seen anything pop up yet. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to restart Chrome and start it again. So I would say that I am... <laughs> I, I'm... 30%. Okay. Just looking at the map that I have pulled up there, I'd say r roughly 30%. Um, there's about 770 miles mapped so far. So how many, how many miles total is it? Uh, that, that, that'll be the question that will be answered when it's done. I'm guessing ballpark 2100 ish. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's, that's a long ways. Uh, yeah, so it is. you're looking at, um, probably a week uh if you wanted to do it start to finish yeah i'm thinking if i'm going to do it all at once which i'm kind of thinking i want to try to do in june it's probably i'm probably going to allocate two weeks for it just to two weeks you yeah know, just so yeah. you don't worry so you're not rushed yeah i can tell you that just doing the oklahoma adventure trail i put 10 days at once into it and didn't complete it i know some people that have because they've pushed harder than me but yeah. I tend to sometimes want to spend a day somewhere doing something along the way. So, you know, and that's the hard part. That's the hard part because when you, 
when you want to do something start to finish and you get to a really beautiful spot and you're like, man, you know, that was, that was, (laughs) that was a problem that I had, um, in, uh, in Colorado two years ago when we went there, I I had seven days by myself to make it to, to Denver to pick my wife up at the airport. And then we had seven days after she got with me to just do whatever. Well, we were trying to meet some friends down at the great sand dunes and we came to a spot and I said, I don't want to leave this place. I, I mean, I just, I love it here. And that's, that's a position that you're, that you're put in. If you're trying to, uh, I guess you could always go back. Uh, I mean, but, if, you know, if you're just trying to, if you're just trying to knock out the miles. I don't know if it's overlanding anymore. In my opinion, I think it's yeah about experiencing it's a race. <laughs> yeah. It's a race, you know. Yeah, I, you know, about race. It's not the uh, camp run. I tell you yeah. what, I've been on some. I've been on some group rides that I thought was a race. Um, you know, and I, I finally just told them, "Hey, y'all, just go on. I know where we're going. I'm old." And, you know, my, my FJ wasn't built for speed, so I'll catch up later. Uh, because, I mean, when you're doing 50 miles an hour down a, down a dirt road and you're going around houses and you're just dusting them out, you know, I, that's, that's not for me. I, I think it's uh, – uh, I've rode motorcycles in Italy, and I had to tell them to slow down because you're riding by the ocean. I said, I want to look around. I've never been here. Uh, so slow down. I want to look around. So it it's in. not a race, not a race to me. Yeah, the day I did Black Bear Pass, every time you could pull over, I had a bunch of people pass me. I was I was a slow boy that day. Hey, yeah, that's the way to do it. That's same, the way to do it. Same here. Same here. Uh, slower you go, the the safer it is, and the more fun you have. So uh, the problem is, is that a lot of us don't have a lot of time, um, you know, to take off. So you want to get out there, especially out in that area. You know, you've got. You've got California Pass. You've got Engineers Pass. You got Black Bears Pass. You got Cinnamon Pass. You got Pass after Pass after Pass, and you've only got five days. And you're like, I'm not gonna be able to do it all. I'm not gonna yeah. be able to do it. Uh, well, go back. Yeah. Go back. Yeah. You know, we you know, when we went something. when we went, I made a list of ten trails I wanted to do, and we were gone for eight days, and we got to mm-hmm. do five of them. Yeah, uh-huh. you're probably lucky you did five. Yeah, and I felt we were rushed to do five. Yeah, so. it's uh, it's one of those things where, hey, I'm here for the moment, live in the moment because uh, that moment may never come again. Yeah, uh, you know if 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 you if you don't make it to another place, that's fine. Uh, but where you are, experience that and live that moment to the best you could possibly live it, and you may not get that moment again. Yeah. Uh, so it's I'm I don't want to be rushed. Know who I am. Not in a race. Uh, that 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 ring of the hammers or Lord of the hammers or whatever they do. out with, <laughs> King, they have King of the yeah, hammers. King, yeah. of the hammer. King of the hammers. They can have it. I, I love, I I love that. I mean, that's, that's a different it. deal. That's a race. Yeah, that's, that's a different. whole different deal. No, you can watch it right here on your computer. Live. I probably can't. Right I bet I can't. Well, maybe no. you can't, but no, I, I, I do. blew up my computer. <laughs> Well, let me let me ask you, Chad. Are you happy with what you've done so far, or is there anything that you want to go back and change? Oh no, I'm I'm really happy with the way it's coming along. Um, as far as my timeline goes, that may be something that ends up changing. As far as completion, you know, I have I've 
keep saying I want to do the whole thing at once in June. I'd like to have had it all pre-ran by then. There's a there's a very real possibility that in June I'll be running parts that I've never ran before trying to do it all at once. Okay. Um, well, uh, tell me, because this is something that, that interests me, because I know that there's not a lot of public land in Oklahoma. So where do you camp on this route? Yeah, that can, that can be tricky in this state, um, especially if you're not from here. So th there's some mm -hmm. opportunities that exist if you have an Oklahoma hunting and fishing license in your pocket that don't exist for other people. A lot of uh, wildlife management areas that if while you're there, you're partaking in the activities that that land was purchased for hunting or fishing, then there's camping available. And so there's always a fishing rod in my truck. And I often get a line wet where I camp. Um, in season, especially squirrel season, small game season, there's a 22 in my truck. And I'll spend some time sitting on a log looking for a squirrel to try to put in the skill in the skillet that night um so that's hey, part of going hey. slow but um so there's lots of opportunities in that regard now unraveling the mystery of camping in oklahoma takes looking at a lot of different places and i would like to say that there's one definitive place you can look but the truth is is that there's all the wmas there's municipal lakes there's state lakes that have camping there's land that's corps of engineers land there's national forest in the southeast corner of the state there's national grassland on the western part of the state there's private campgrounds of all sorts hip camp yeah. I was going to ask start, that. Have you, have you used any hip camp out there? I have not used any hip camp. It may be here, and I just haven't dug into it. So I would say when I'm looking for camping, um, I look at those WMAs a whole lot. That's some of the free camping that's available for the people that are allowed to be there. Um, now, do you have to be a resident to, to take that benefit? Just anybody with a hunting and fishing license. Yeah. Hey, I can I can buy a fishing license as a visitor. Non-resident, non-resident like three day, five day fishing license is pretty cheap in most states. It's about twenty twenty five dollars. So, I think it's a little more in Oklahoma, but yeah. But I mean, there's there's lots of opportunity if you know where to look. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a website called Ultimate Public Campgrounds. But that might be the most comprehensive source of campground camping that I've ever found. And there you're going to find maybe the only place you'll find a lot of little municipal campgrounds. And then, of course, the Corps of Engineers campgrounds and all those things are listed there. So that may not be free camping, but it's camping. Hmm. Um, hip camp's the same way, not free camping, but camping. Yeah. Um, I'll throw a little plug in. I'm a moderator for iOverlander, so add some stuff as you go along the way. Okay. Yep, I have <laughs> um, the iOverlander app. iOverlander can be a really great source, and it's as good as the people who add things. And then there's people like me that look at everything that gets added to decide if 
it meets the criteria. So. Well, that's that's great information because you know that was one of the the problems that we had with going down in Texas. There's not a lot of uh, public land down there as well. You know, we're used to public land in Arkansas, and you can camp anywhere. But um, you know, it was one of the issues that we had. So while I was uh, thinking about visiting with you, I knew that was an issue on this route, the circumnavigation route. There wouldn't be a lot of public land to choose from. So that's great information. Uh, I've done a pretty good job of adding waypoints for places that you can camp along the way. I've been working on that and adding in the northeast corner and along the way, I've been adding points of interest of historical and other significance as well as I work. I've been just trying to add as much as I can to those public tracks. Okay. Cool. That is awesome. That's awesome. Well, we started late. We're going to have to finish late. Uh, we probably need to start wrapping it up. Uh, Chad, I really appreciate you sticking on with us a whole lot longer <laughs> than you were going to to begin with. But uh, thanks for uh, not bailing on me when I had uh, issues. And I know uh, in your profession, you've probably experienced a few technical difficulties um, and you've worked through that. So we worked through it and uh, we made it. And uh, I really appreciate the information because... Yeah. Uh, with with yeah. Oklahoma being right next to us, this is something that interests me, and I think one day that might be something that me and Tony uh, set off to do. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, even if we travel west, if we drop down and yeah. you know we can take parts of it and come back. Well, across the I'm all for it. I yeah. still need to knock out that eastern edge of the state at some point here, so <laughs> I'll have to give some of y'all a heads up when I'm in that part of the world. Yeah. The ultimate campground, it's ultimate public campgrounds. Is that an app or a website? Yes. Both. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> ultimate public campgrounds uh, is yeah. a website and an app that you can use. Yeah, it's and a you great said resource. that is the most extensive list of public website uh, campsites you've seen. It's, it's probably the most extensive out of anything I've seen. It certainly has, while well, it's... Well, it's almost all paid camping. It has things there that I, it has things that, a few things that I don't have access to. If you're a veteran or if you're military, there's all the military campgrounds yeah. around there. Yeah. Everything like that is on that app. And it's just an app that, yeah. Just, just downloaded it. Oh, yeah. Totally they used to let you pay a yearly fee where you could download all the waypoints state by state and like put them in Gaia. And that was pretty nice, but they quit that last year. So, Oh, wow. Oh, oh man. man, man. Well, that's good information. I love that. Yeah. And we, we've talked with Joe and Misty who uh, retired uh, from the Coast Guard and they talk about camping on the military bases a lot. So, and, yeah. and you know, I'm not military, so I didn't know you could do that. But if you are military, then, that is another thing that you have access to, but that's great information. Uh, so we have definitely been informed. Uh, we will keep up with you, uh, Chad, uh, through the, um, through the, uh, and if you're not a member of the Oklahoma Overland group, go in there and join that. So you could stay up and keep up with, uh, with Chad as he maps all this out and, and, uh, tries to finish it up. And you, you said you're going to try to have it done by, so I, I really want to, yeah, I want it done by June. That's a lot. I mean, that's yeah. where I'm going this weekend. You asked me about more and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I kind of got something I got to get done here. Yeah. 
Isn't well, there some of that you can crowd. do on the way to more? <laughs> I don't know. Not really. I, I, I-44 is the shot to more. Yeah. 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 Well. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it's a huge project. And whether or not it gets done before June, hopefully by the end of June, it will all be done. And That's great. Um, That's great. It's, it's, well, that's it's something been, I look forward to. And, 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 you know, the cool part about you doing this is that, you know, from here on out, there'll be people that will do this and will share their experiences with you. And how rewarding that's going to be. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think that'll be really cool. I think that'll be cool. Well, we had a lot of other stuff that we wanted to talk about, but we're going to have to get off here and um, and make room for other shows that are coming on. Join me and my wife here in about 30 minutes as we are live on Wonder, Wonder Repeat with Karen and Matt. Um, and I appreciate them inviting us on there. And I'm going to have to go see if I can revive my computer, maybe do some CPR <laughs> on it. I don't know. We'll see. Thank you guys hey, so much for inviting me. Good talking to you, I Chad. I appreciate you, Chad. Hey, stick around. Uh, everybody else, I hope you have a wonderful week. I uh, hope you live the best life you could possibly live. Take it slow. See all the things around you. And as you go through this week, look out for number one and don't step up in number two. Professor and friends, 2022. Thank you for watching. Professor and friends. Professor and friends. Joey the professor and friends. Professor and friends. Professor and friends.